Lindsay. And I'm Savannah, and welcome back to the Faith and Friendship Podcast Book Club for March. Um, this month, we read The Well-Watered Woman, which was actually very recommended to me. So I enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. Um, I can't believe we've already read three books. Me either. It's gone by crazy. That, that's crazy to me. We're going to have to be picking um, out our second half of the year books before too long. I was literally about to say, like, I'm going <laughs> to blink again, and it's going to be Christmas, and we're going to be doing it all over again for 24. So, mm-hmm. let's get into The Well-Watered Woman. Um, first, I'm going to just read the publisher's description, and then I'm going to kind of go into my own um, summary of the book. So, the publisher description is, discover the bottomless, refreshing well of God's word and experience a fullness and peace beyond your circumstances. In the chaos of our everyday, it can be difficult to live out and apply the truths of scripture. We want more of Jesus, but we find ourselves looking to our own lives and accomplishments for our worth and identity. And while that may buoy us from for a time, we're often left feeling dried up, discouraged, and longing for more. Um, the author knows what it's like to feel overwhelmed and unable to flourish. In The Well-Watered Woman, Gretchen leads us to the well of fullness, the word of freedom, and the way of fruitfulness. She teaches that God's word will satisfy us for all eternity. Using scripture and her own personal story to surrender, Gretchen offers spiritual, spiritually hungry women tangible tools to not only know Jesus more, but to live a life that thoroughly enjoys him, seeks him, follows him into freedom. Um, and something that I'll say first from the publisher description um, is the well, the word, and the way um, is something that's repeated throughout the book. And so you'll see that the well, the word, and the way. It's um, three parts but of the book. Yeah. Um, I, I really liked this book. I think that... Um, it spoke to me because of like being empty and you can't draw from an empty well. But mm-hmm. um, the overall summary as is that those three sections, the well, the word, and the way, they really build on each other and give us a really good foundation for how to be a fruitful Christian. And she has such a deep respect um, and commitment to live according to the Bible and for me, it was really um, taking our eyes away from the world and looking up and um, looking at like the word before world and um, seasons change, but God's word doesn't. And it's, this is a different one than maybe last month's because it's practical, but also very inspiring. And there's tactical advice on how to change Mm -hmm. the things you're doing in your life. So I have some highlighted parts, but I'll let Savannah go first. Me also. So um, the very first chapter of this book is called, I'm not okay. Is that okay? And I read that and I was like, we're going to, both of us are going to get this book. This yeah. is, this woman is just like us. Um, yep. And to go along with that, in that first chapter on page 18, one of her questions is, so how are you really? 
And she talks about how you're so tempted to just be like, oh, I'm good. Like, things are great, even when they're not. <laughs> so um, I feel like that's something that I do often. And she talks about how the, about the piles of dirty dishes, so you know, you're not in control. Um, the reality of what it means to hold on to hope in a world that often feels hopeless. And uh, later on, she says, only when we're rooted in Christ can we experience a life that is real, secure, and free. Um, I so, highlighted yeah. that too. Yeah. This first part, just the how are you now, really? And I just, that kind of made me giggle because I was like, yeah, you know, you're just, a lot of times you just lie and you're like, yeah, I'm fine, even though I'm good. you're exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> so I like um, that part a lot. I really liked when she goes into talking about like, who is the well-watered woman? And mm -hmm. she says the goal of a well-watered woman isn't to be someone, but to know someone. And the ambitions and dreams of the well-watered woman are being transformed by Jesus as he shows her day by day the better way to live. And she makes it her daily pursuit to know Jesus. She becomes someone God created her to be. Mm -hmm. And I think that's... Like then, the like right after that, the next subtitle is "Bring Your Empty Cup," and I was like, "Yeah, that's <laughs> that's me." Okay, maybe I should read that. Yeah, and um, about the when she first starts talking about the well-watered woman, she says um, she doesn't stay in the "I'm not okay" moments forever. She always comes back to Christ, and she goes into this whole list of things that the well-watered woman is rooted in. And she says she knows God will not leave her side ever. She knows she isn't enough apart from him, but in him, she has all she needs. She knows discouragement, failure, and doubt don't get the last word. She knows that it's okay to not be okay in this fallen world because in the end, all that all will be better than okay in Christ. She knows uh, feelings aren't something to be afraid of. She listens to them, learns from them, and leans on her Savior in the midst of them. And I feel all of that <laughs> especially talking about like it's okay to not be okay in this fallen world i feel like yeah our generation lately it's it's becoming less taboo to talk about mental health and everything but mm -hmm. it's still kind of like no i'm okay like don't worry about me i don't want to be a burden but like it's okay if you're feeling it if you're feeling the struggles of being alive in 2023 so yeah. I really liked that part too. Um, I clearly missed a highlight because this is on page eight in my Kindle book. <laughs> um, but it's the, you don't have to be blooming to be growing. And she talks about how part. there was, she was in an achy growing season and it was like, she endlessly felt like she was weeding out and pruning and watering and cultivating, but there was no blooms. And it's, I feel like that's almost where I am right now is like, I don't see a lot happening on the surface, but I know there's a lot happening um, and I'm working on myself. And so, and it's, she said it was in that season that the Lord taught me to long for him more than productivity. He showed me the richness of his provision when I wanted quick results and um that really stood out to me so yeah I like that part um the next one that I have 
is um, on page 36. And she talks about, um, she says, when my husband gives me a compliment, my first response is to balk at it and retort the opposite. Why? Because deep in my soul, I don't believe his words to be true. I'm convinced I am broken and unworthy of love. I've forgotten my true identity in Christ, that in him, I'm a new creation, deeply loved and made on purpose. In him, I am loved, cherished, and seen. In him, I am free. And I feel like personally, I have a tendency to not be able to let go of things that I've done wrong in the past. And they say, obviously, the thing is like, let give it to God and go to sleep. But like, <laughs> there are things that just... That's really difficult and, to do. You just come back up. And so it's it's hard to remember that like, you're a new creation. Like, you are deeply loved and made on purpose and you're cherished and loved even when you're only the only thing that's in your mind right then is all of the mistakes of your past so I thought that was that definitely was a nice one to read and in that same chapter she says I place my hope in earthly perfection which God has never promised me instead of in my savior who promises redemption and beauty out of broken places plans and people and how often are we just like no, like everything has to be perfect. I used to get so upset when plans would change last minute or so upset when things didn't go exactly the way that I wanted to, but that's not ever a promise that God has given us. And right. it's hard to remember that sometimes. Yeah. In chapter mm-hmm. four, the title of chapter four is Dying to Live. Mm-hmm. And she talks about what it means to die to yourself. And I think we've lost that. Um as a society of yes. like, what does it truly mean to die to your, to yourself and dying to yourself doesn't mean missing out on, on true life and your best life or whatever you want to call it. Um, it means embracing life as it was always meant to be. Mm-hmm. And how has dying to yourself brought you true joy in, in Christ? Yeah. That that chapter hit pretty hard because she's talking about yeah. um, them being in the room when her grandfather passed away in the hospital. And mm-hmm. um, as someone who's had a, a, this the same experience of all of my family being around when my own papa was dying in the hospital, it was um it was a pretty <laughs> emotional chapter for me to read her recounting the emotions and the feelings of that. But also talking about her papa was a, her pa, her papa I think is how you would pronounce how she says mm-hmm. his name, but he was a God fearing man and he would wake up and read his Bible and he was a preacher and um, just he he just says that he became a pastor and led people to salvation in Christ and um, his he had a tattered Bible that was held together by stretched out rubber bands and scotch tape and. As someone who replaces her Bible every few years, I don't know that I'll ever get to yeah. that point. But that is like, a, it's just such a true picture of someone who really is in the word and really has that relationship with Christ and knows God and knows who he is and knows what he wants and what he doesn't. And I personally strive for that a lot. And that also just reminds me of my papa who's gone because he was such a God-fearing man. And I'm sure that a lot of us have someone in our lives that maybe still 
be living or maybe passed on that we can equate this character that she's describing to us to in our own lives and um, just trying to live for Christ like they did or they are can be hard, but it is something that I felt convicted in. And I think that every single book what we talk about, there will be something where we say that convicted me because yeah. um, it just, I mean, there's just something about reading things like this from someone else's perspective. I think that you think that you're doing fine and then you read it and you're like, Oh, <laughs> I I've, I've been dropping the ball on this area of my life. So I really like, and I think that's really chapter. the goal of, of this podcast in general mm-hmm. and specifically the book club is like, we don't want to come across as we're perfect Christians or we know everything no. we're supposed to do all the time. Like, we struggle as much, if not more, than anybody else, and um, we do have a lot of, of growth that needs to happen in our lives, and so that it, we're I'm learning a, a whole lot from um, the books that we're reading every month. Me also, yeah. Chapter 5 um, talks about the empty wells and mm-hmm. how empty wells distract you from your walk with Jesus and like why would we drink from empty wells when there's a well that never runs dry but Mm -hmm. we're spending all of our time trying to drink from something that we're never going to get fulfillment from and I have a few empty wells (laughs) that um are not fixable and Mm -hmm. I need to, to, um, move on and go after the well that never runs dry. So that, that chapter was probably the most convicting for me, um, was like, I do have empty wells that I'm like, Oh, I'm thirsty. Let me go back. And I'm not satisfied. (laughs) Yeah. That goes along with, um, making idols out of things Mm -hmm. in your life. Um, and I, I've, I've been lucky enough to hear a lot of great preachers and great mentors talk about this kind of thing in my life. Um, and you hear idols and you think about Moses <laughs> and like yes. the, the first five books of the Bible or whatever. And, but we have idols. Your phone can be an idol. Oh, yeah. Your boyfriend or your ex can be an idol or your social media, your Snapchat can be an idol. Like it's, every anything in your life can be an idol and um one thing that i we did this at like a girls class we all wrote down a name of something that we were putting before god be it your empty well or your idol or however you want to word it and we wrote it down on a stone or we we either wrote it down or you could just think about it and you took that stone and you threw it into the lake cuz we we live by we live close to a lot of lakes and it was freeing to think about like okay I really have to let this go so yeah that was convicting for me as well to to read that and think about how many things in my life am I focusing on or am I running to when I feel unworthy and think that that might make me feel better. That might fill my soul when nothing but Christ will. So yes, mm-hmm. I agree with that. In that same being... chapter, yeah, in Go the ahead. same chapter, she talks about comfort and 
how we often think that comfort will lead to spiritual satisfaction, but comfort actually has a way of turning us into spiritual complacency and Mm -hmm. it's a dead end. (laughs) And I think it is very easy to become comfortable in where you are like, Oh, I'm better than this person as a Christian. Mm -hmm. I'm doing better than, than they are. So I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Or, well, I do, I go to church five times a week and I pray every night before I go to bed and I do this and I do this and I do this. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Clear yeah. dead end. If you're not continually moving closer to God, you're in turn moving away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in my own life, um, it's like one of those things where you, it's hard to remember that every sin is the same in God's eyes. Like, yes, you, you can't think that you're, you're better than anyone because Anything that you do, any little sin that you commit throughout your day is the same as the worst sin that you think that someone could commit. It's the same on the level of God's eyes. So, yeah, I definitely, I definitely get that. (laughs) Yeah. And she, she goes on in that little sub chapter to be like, taking up a cross isn't comfortable. Mm -mm. Just read like how how uncomfortable it was when Jesus took up his cross and discomfort teaches us from the world. No, start over. Discomfort detaches us from the world and makes us crave the joys and the beauty of heaven. And the, the world's always going to fail us mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially is what she says. Like, your worldly comforts, what you think is comfortable, it's going to fail you eventually if it doesn't already fail you. Yeah, it's true. I think, um, yeah, I definitely agree. So we are getting kind of close to the end of our time here. And I think that we just got through five chapters of this book. <laughs> but it's fine. We're really bad <laughs> this- at this book club, honestly. Like, I don't think we've made it through an entire book yet. We haven't, but that's okay. I mean, we we obviously are feeling a lot of things as we're reading this, and that's the point. Um, yeah. So hopefully y'all get as much out of the first five chapters as we did and the rest of the book. Um, and, but, and the last two parts, hopefully. Yes. So um, one thing that I want to read at the end is at on 273 of the physical book, she says all these well-watered woman statements. And it says, now that you've finished reading the book, take a moment to review each well-watered statement. Remember, the journey isn't over. It's just begun. Read through these statements anytime you need a refresher about what it means to live the well-watered life as you continue to grow in grace each day. And since we only got through some of it, this will hopefully uh, sum up some of the rest of what you talked about. So her statements are, the well-watered woman surrenders a life of striving for a life of sinking her roots into God's word. Uh, The well-watered woman knows who Jesus is and who he is changes everything about her past, present, and future. The well-watered woman meets Jesus at the grace well and exchanges her nothing for his everything. The well-watered woman is planted in the soil of the gospel and, like a seed buried in the earth, she embraces death as the means to abundant life. Also, there's a lot, so I can read some if you get. Go for it. 
the well-watered woman recognizes that true joy doesn't come from coffee, vacation, nap, success, or comfort. Her joy comes only from the Lord. The well-watered woman trusts the mysterious ways of God, knowing he has a purpose for where she's planted. The well-watered woman resolves to get nourishment from the one source that truly satisfies, the word of God. The well-watered woman (laughs) abides in Christ and recognizes that apart from him, she can do nothing. And I'll let you go. Okay, I'll finish it out. The well-watered woman stores the word in her heart, knowing that God has provided everything she needs to grow, bloom, and flourish, even in the midst of the desert seasons. The well-watered woman takes her wayward thoughts captive, conforming them to the ways of Jesus. The well-watered woman embraces sanctification, knowing it's the only path to flourishing. The well-watered woman follows Jesus wholeheartedly, knowing that in order to lead well, she must first be a disciple of Christ. The well-watered woman looks for gospel intersections in her everyday life, knowing that even the mundane matters in the kingdom of God. The well-watered woman doesn't put off living as she waits for someday. She knows her mission is now, and she lives with gospel purpose, guiding her every step. The well-watered woman embraces the eternal, backwards way of the kingdom of God, willing to stick out in this world for Jesus' sake. And I don't know if you noticed, there was a whole lot of talk about flourishing in this book and mm-hmm. in that. And flourish is my word of 2023. So that fits with It me. was meant to be. <laughs> it was. Um, so that's our book club episode for the month. And do you have anything else to add about it? I don't think so. Look forward to next month's book. <laughs> next month's book is Kisses from Katie, which you have read, haven't you? Yes. Yes. I've heard good things about it. it so I'm excited. It is um, about this, the author's Katie. And <laughs> it's about her journey through um, a mission trip. So. Yes, I'm looking forward to that one. Um, But yeah, so we will see you guys next week and have a good week. Bye. Bye.